Welcome back to the Reach for Wellness podcast, brought to you by Community Reach Center, located in Westminster, Colorado. I'm your new host, Vanessa Alarcón, a licensed clinical social worker here at CRC. September is Suicide Prevention Month. Did you know that if someone is suicidal, they are not always determined to die? According to the World Health Organization, those experiencing suicidal thoughts are often ambivalent about living or dying. Access to emotional support at the right time can prevent suicide. Here I have two Community REACH staff members with me to talk more about this. So let's do some quick introductions. How about we start with Carlos? So Carlos, share your name and your role here at Community REACH Center. Um, good morning, Vanessa, and good morning to the public. Uh, my name is Carlos Ojeda. I am a therapist that works at the Intake Department of Community Reach. Um, and uh, besides that, I also work as an instructor for mental health first aid classes in Community Reach Center. Wonderful, and we'll definitely get more into that. How about you, Amber? Um, my name is Amber. I am a school-based therapist. I work in School District 27J. Um, currently, I work in two elementary schools and a middle school providing services to those kiddos. Wow, that's quite a few schools. It is. <laughs> um, so as we talk about suicide, this can be a really tricky, challenging topic, especially one that we're not always talking about. So Amber, what are some misconceptions people may have about people experiencing suicidal thoughts? I think the biggest misconception that has grown um, from what I can see in the schools is that it's attention seeking. Um, so any kid or adolescent especially that says they're suicidal is just seeking attention, they're trying to get away with something. Um, so there's this really kind of push and pull of like, it's a very serious um, you know, situation that you need to address, but also like, oh, they're just seeking attention, is this really worth all the work we're doing? Yeah, and that, I can imagine that can be difficult for the kiddos, right? If they're seeking help and people may think it's just for attention. Absolutely. I think it takes away a lot of the validity of whatever they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it has those harmful effects. Can you talk a little bit more about the harm that that can cause? Well, I think that even like whether someone wants to die or not, if they're saying that, there's a problem. Mm. And so when people kind of minimize that problem, then they're taking away validation of that experience. So in their in that person's mind, they're reaching out for help. And if they feel like they're not being taken seriously, then they probably feel like their feelings aren't being taken seriously, their experiences, their problems. Um, and it can push them not to reach out in the future, which is scary. Mm. So we've talked about kids and adolescents, what are other groups of po people, populations that may be at higher risk for having suicidal thoughts? I think that anyone that doesn't feel like they have a place to be, right? Mm. So like the LGBTQ LGBQ community, excuse mm -hmm. me, um, right? They don't feel like they fit in, right? So think about anybody, right? Somebody that's maybe traveled here from another country and they're new to this country. They don't feel like they have a group of people. Um, you know, anyone that's questioning their sexual identity or their, you know, gender identity is a big thing. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that just feel like they don't fit in in general, right? They don't fit a group of people, so they don't have someone. And that isolation um, and not having someone to turn to can be very um, lonely and, and push people to those uh, more suicidal thoughts. Hmm. 
So pretty much any marginalized or oppressed group perhaps may be at higher risk. A group that I hadn't considered before that I learned about in a training here at Community Reach Center is our seniors, our older adults um, in that stage of life. Sometimes those suicidal thoughts increase. And so that was a population I hadn't heard of that um, I wanted to make sure to mention for our listeners as well. And uh, veterans is one that um, has also been, there's been more and more awareness Um, So what should someone do if they know someone that is experiencing suicidal thoughts? How can people be supportive? So I think just being present, um, which sometimes is easier said than done, right? With all the things that we have to do and, you know, phones and TVs and expectations, sometimes being present is is more difficult than um, we realize. But I think anytime I have a parent or a guardian reach out to me and say, hey, um, you know, my kiddo or my daughter or my son, they're feeling suicidal, what I always say is give them a hug if they're huggers, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not huggers, mm-hmm. please don't because that wouldn't be helpful. But give them a hug and just ask them what's going on. Um, don't be like, well, you're suicidal and we need to do this and we need to do that and have your agenda. Um, make it about what they need. Um, and a lot of times just by being present and being open to whatever they need, you're going to get the information you need to help them. Sounds like listening. Yes. That's what I heard from your answer. Yes. Really listening. Really listening. And I think that we listen, you know, air quotes a mm-hmm. lot, but we're not listening because we're so distracted. So that's why I think it's that active listening piece that is so important because it's validating their experience. It's validating their feelings. And they know that somebody's there. And a lot of times that's what they need. Thank you, Amber. Absolutely. Yeah. Carlos, so you mentioned earlier that you are a facilitator, trainer for mental health first aid. What is that? What is mental health first aid? Um, Mental health first aid is a program that was created in Australia about 20 years ago, but it's scattered to different countries in the world. Uh, Think of mental health first aid as, you know how CPR uh, teaches uh, people how to respond to certain medical emergencies. Uh, mental mm-hmm. health first aid, similar to CPR, teaches the general public how to respond, to intervene into situations that might require us to address uh, mental health uh, crises of individuals or situations that might require us to respond to mental health um, needs. The program does not train us to be therapists, that's a mm-hmm. longer course of training, Uh, but it teaches the public how to feel more comfortable in identifying um, a situation and knowing what steps to take. So you said the word intervene, which for some people that can make some people nervous, like, oh, how can I intervene with someone's mental health? Um, And then other people in the context of suicide may think, well, if I know someone that's suicidal, suicidal, I may need to be the expert and I need, may need to have it all figured out. What do we learn from mental health first aid that tells us, well, we may not necessarily need to be the therapist or the expert about, experts about suicide? Well, the, that actually targets the, the roadmap in, in which the mental health first aid classes are, are taught. Um, similar to what Amber mentioned, uh, one of the first uh, steps is in the class module that you take, if you take one of the classes, is first of all, assess for risk of suicide and self-harm, um, which goes back to what Amber mentioned of asking the person what's going on um, and trying to listen. 
And the second part of the module is we teach the individuals uh, how to try to listen, but listen without judgment, listen mm. non-judgmentally. Um, we also teach that the next part will be uh, we give uh, reassurance and information about what places to go, what resources are out there, and we try to encourage professional help, which that'll be therapists, doctors, um, also encourage self-help. Every individual might have their own uh, set of things that might work better for somebody. Like you mentioned, some people might be huggers, some others might be high fivers. Mm-hmm. Um, it varies from person to person. But by intervention, I mean the, I meant the steps that we can take uh, to help somebody. Okay, so it sounds like being a really prepared listener mm-hmm. and directing and knowing and knowing the right resources that someone may need. Yeah, the way I think it in my head is that we are, they kind of teaches us how to direct traffic in a way. Hmm. Like we have a lot of, when somebody is experiencing a behavioral health crisis, um, compared to other things, for example, if someone says, hey, I have a cavity, a person might say, hey, go to a dentist. Hmm. If you have a, you know, some abnormality in your Chest? Ca- cardiac hmm. uh, rhythm, people say, hey, go to the cardiologist. But for mental health, there is almost, um, almost like a stigma in a way where it's like uh, hard to talk about it or um, it's not as it's not in the same table compared to other sources of health Mm. and one of the things I'm very interested in as a therapist and also as an instructor of mental health first aid is to try to empower people to feel comfortable to have those kinds of conversations so that way more people can be empowered to reach for help that's awesome so You've shared that, you know, they'll get those resources or feel more prepared, perhaps having these conversation and, and guiding traffic. So what would the difference be between someone that might say, well, I think I'm a really good listener. I think I could, you know, have a conversation compared to actually getting certified and doing a full day of training? Um, that's a very good question. Um, well, first of all, it's always good that the person has the the that the person has the capacity to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the trainer will provide is that it can h- help the person p- improve those skills, if the skills are already there. Um, and also it can help the person identify more direct ways in how to direct the person to maybe uh, a mental health res- uh, resource that might be available that the person might not know about. Um, or my expose to the person to know more fa- more facts about mental health, because even though now there's a plethora of information online, which is great, uh, we have to also be, in a way, very good consumers to see what do we know and what's a verified source of information about mental health. Excellent. Okay, so you'll be very well versed in a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both of you for sharing so much about this topic that is really for the focus of Suicide Prevention Month. And this is a conversation that doesn't have to just happen in September. It can happen, it should be happening all year round. So if you found the information helpful, I'd encourage you to share this episode with friends, family, just to make sure that people know more about suicide prevention and the benefits. Community Reach Center's board funds free mental health first aid courses for Adams County. So if you want to stay up to date on future offerings, visit communityreachcenter.org slash mental health first aid 
mhfa or you can follow our social media pages and there we'll be providing updates for um, offerings and other events related to reaching wellness. I also invite you to subscribe to our podcast on whatever your favorite platform is for podcast. Talk to you next time.